All right, Merry Christmas, everybody, if I can still say that, and a Happy New Year. Come on, who's glad to be in church this morning? It's good to be in the house of God. Come on. As Pastor Doug said, my name is David Anderson. I have the honor of being our student ministries pastor here at our Little Creek campus. I also help centrally with our other campuses, and God has been moving. I don't know about you, but I could sense the presence of God here this morning. During that worship, I'm thinking to myself, I'm crying here. I'm meant to go up and speak in a few minutes. Uh, But it's amazing. It's amazing to be in the presence of God. And it's something that we can never take for granted. It's very easy to to take for granted the fact we get to come and be before God in His presence and worship Him. And I believe at this moment, if we can fight familiarity, if we can truly show up in our hearts and not just show up in church, I believe that God is about to move over the next few minutes together. Amen? Amen. Come on, who wants to see God change something in them before the end of the year? He is the God of transformation. Today is the day of of deja food, where we just eat all the leftovers from yesterday. I don't know about the Cajuns, but the Irish, we believe in recycling. And uh, and so we we like to cook big meals on Christmas and enjoy it again uh, the day after. Um, But it is a special period of time in the calendar year. Uh, we, we get to look back on the year that we've had. We also get to look forward to a brand new year. And it's quite unique in a sense because it's a special time for reflection. It's a great moment to look back, to look at where we are, and also to anticipate and get excited about the future. It's a moment of reflection. Uh, praying this morning as I was preparing and spending time with the Lord, I just began to get really grateful in God's presence about what we have walked through as a church over the last year. And I was telling Pastor Doug just a a couple of moments ago just how grateful I am uh, to be a part of a church that despite what is going on beyond these walls, keeps Jesus first and pursues people. Come on, who's grateful for that? And I love that because it comes straight from the heart of our pastor. And so I'm getting you to celebrate a lot, but it is a time of celebration. I wonder if just as a church family, if we can honor Pastor Steve right now and put our hands together one more time for the man that he is, for the vision that he has, for the heart after Jesus that he has. We've seen the last couple of years, a lot of stuff has taken place and he's led so well through pandemics and storms. We've fed thousands of people through the strength of the Holy Spirit over this year. It's been an incredible year. It's been an amazing year. But what about personally? I want to start today with a question for you personally. And uh, if, if you know me, you'll know I like, uh, I like a little bit of challenge. Irish people, we're very upfront. We're going to tell you it like it is. And so today hopefully is encouraging for you, but as well, and I'm speaking and preaching to myself, hopefully today is also challenging for us because I believe where God wants to take us in 2022 is beyond what we have ever seen, is beyond what we could ask him to do. And he uses us to do it. He doesn't need us, but he wants us. What a blessing. (laughs) He doesn't need to use us, but he wants us to be a part of what he's doing. And so I want to ask you this question today as as we start. How are you personally, how are you doing? Even more importantly, how is your relationship with Jesus? Are you on good terms 
When's the last time that you had a conversation with him? Not when was the last time you were in church because you'd be doing really well right now. But when was the last time you were speaking to him, that you allowed him to see into the places of your heart that you keep from everybody else? How is your relationship with Jesus? It's a moment of reflection today. And I was doing a little bit of studying for this message. And, uh, and as I was, I was looking at different definitions of the word reflection. And uh, I love the scientific definition. Check this out. Uh, it says that reflection is the change in direction of a wavefront so that it returns to that from which it originated. It's the change in direction in order to go back to the place from which it originated. And I love that thought that this morning and over the next few days, as we look back over 2021, as we look forward to a brand new year, it is an opportunity for many of us to change direction and return to the one from whom all of us have originated. It's an opportunity to look up to the Lord instead of just looking back and looking forward and saying, God, right now, where am I with you? God, I don't want to go into another year being off with you because if this isn't right, this isn't going to be right here. And so it is a perfect moment this morning. Hopefully the Lord is already beginning to work in your heart in this moment as we reflect and we look back. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Come on, Paul. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you feel the test? He's saying that the most important thing the most important thing is that you are walking through life knowing that Jesus is within you. The kingdom of heaven is in you. And he said, we don't feel as Christians by maybe missing church one weekend because something comes up, right? We all do life. But he said, we are feeling when we don't realize Jesus is in us and wants relationship with us. We need to examine ourselves this morning. He says, reflect. And so how are we doing? You know, it's been a, a challenging couple of years. It's been a lot of unknowns, a lot of things we didn't anticipate. But this is the truth that I've, I've heard as a, as a young person, as a teenager, but never fully believed. That despite what goes beyond these walls, what takes place beyond these walls, that things are always changing, but there is one who never changes. That despite the circumstances around us, despite the things in our lives, they may be coming and going and moving to and fro, but there is one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And that is our hope, because I want you to see this this morning. This is why it gets exciting, because no matter what we go through, if that spirit, the spirit of God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, is at work within us, he will do what he wants to do. If we allow him, it will not be dictated to by the things of this world because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if we are aware of him, the transformation will take place. Who is grateful that we serve a God? He doesn't just save us, but he changes us. He makes us more like him every day. Transformation is, is the word around uh, this time of year. And uh, I get ready for, you know, I get ready for the transformation pictures coming of everybody going to the gym, you know, March, April time. Um, but, uh, but transformation is, is a bit of a challenging word. We often think of transformation when we think of doing things in our own strength. 
And at this time of year, it's a great time for people to say, you know, new year, new me. Now's the time. I'm going to get it right, right? And one of the ways we, we often tend to try to do that is in our diet and in health and fitness. I read a, a couple of stats this, uh, this last week. I thought it was interesting. It, says, it said that the health and fitness industry is worth $35.3 billion right now. But only 17% of those who sign up for the gym use the gym beyond February. <laughs> Some of you are like sinking in your seat. <laughs> that less than 20%, 17%, only one in five, a little less than one in five people go for longer than a month. People who pay for memberships but never use the gym are a gym's best customer. Now, it would be funny for me to sign up this January with goals to be transformed and for me to sign up and think it's done, right? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and the change will start to take place. Kind of like the Santa Claus movie, movie with Tim Allen, you know? He's like, I'm Santa, and then he wakes up and he starts gaining weight and his beard starts growing, right? Kind of the opposite of that. I start getting stronger every day, but I do nothing about it. It's a funny thought, but many of us, and myself at times included, have fallen into the trap of thinking that by just saying yes to Jesus in my heart, that every day things are going to just work out the way I want them to. It would be silly of me to think that by just signing up, the transformation is going to take place. Now, by giving my heart to Jesus, he transformed my eternity. That's done. That's sealed. I don't have to fear death. Death has lost its sting. Who's grateful for that? Death has lost its sting. But the change in my life comes by my day-to-day choices. Really, what I find is my change in my life Really, God's change in my life comes from what I give my yes to. What do I give my yes to? And so today, as we reflect, I want to look uh, at four steps that can lead to God transforming our walk forever. I don't know about you, but I want 2022 to be a year of transformation. We all have things that linger We all have, as Paul spoke about, we all have sins that so easily entangle us. And this can be the year where those things are thrown off for good. If we serve the God that we believe we do, then he is capable of transforming us. He's already saved our eternity. It's time for us to be changed here on earth. And I want to look briefly as we turn to the scriptures at the life of a man called Jacob. So if you have your Bible with you, it's so funny, and uh, being a student ministries pastor, I say, if you have your Bible with you and all the phones come out, you know, so uh, maybe somebody, does anybody have a paperback Bible with them? If you have it, wave it in the air. Come on, going old school. Yes, come on. The phones are good too, all right? I'm not ditching the phones, all right? Whatever we need to get the Word of God in us, but we're going to turn to Genesis 32. We're going to look at the life of a man called Jacob. And Jacob is on a journey, and as he's reflecting, God changes his walk forever. Now, something we need to know about Jacob is that for many years, he has been running for his life. In fact, Jacob was like a lot of you in here. He was a driver. He was competitive. It's like nobody in here. Was competitive. He wanted to get ahead in life. All of us uh, fall into that category at times, but in fact, from birth, he was born grabbing onto his brother's heel. That is how desperately he wanted to get ahead. And that continued throughout his life to the point where 
he actually tricks his father into giving him his brother's blessing. And this causes a lot of tension, a lot of strife between him and his brother to the point where Jacob has to flee, fearing that his brother is going to take, uh, take Jacob's life. And so he settles somewhere for around 20 years and God prospers him. Because when God's hand is on your life, he is a man of his word. Jesus is a man of his word. He will bless you. We are his children. And he's blessed and he's prosperous and he's doing life. But he comes to a point where he says, you know what? I've finally got the money. I've finally got the family, but something doesn't quite sit right with me. There are still things that need to be changed in me. And he makes the decision. He says, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make things right with my brother. Now, in his own strength, what he does is he sends a cross. Now that he's prosperous, he's like, I may as well send a gift, right? <laughs> Maybe you did one of those gifts this Christmas. I'm sorry. We love you. You know, he sends across this gift and it's a bunch of his oxen and his animals. And he sends it across to Esau to say, I'm sorry. They haven't spoken. There's been no contact for many years. And his messengers come back and they say, he got the gift. And Jacob's like, okay, what's going on? Is he coming? Oh yeah, he's on his way. Great. Yeah, but he's bringing 400 men with him. Doesn't sound like a peace treaty, right? And so Jacob is terrified, but he knows what God has called him to. And so he begins to make his way back towards his brother. And this is where we pick up the story. He's journeying back in Genesis 32. We'll pick up at 23 and it says this. He took them, his family, and sent them over the brook, over the river, and sent over what he had. Jacob sends across his family and all of his belongings. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, many scholars believe that this man is the pre-incarnation of Jesus. Many scholars believe this is Jesus showing up to meet Jacob. Other scholars believe this is an angel. Regardless, Jacob is wrestling with God. This is a moment with God. This man begins to wrestle him as he's alone. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip, hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. It's day time. Jacob, we've been wrestling and it's day. Let me go. But he, Jacob, said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I know we're wrestling. I know there's a lot going on, but I've been at this too long to walk away. I'm not going anywhere until you bless me. I believe some of us need a bit of that kind of spirit in us today. Lord, I know 2021 has been challenging, and I know 2022, anything could happen, literally anything. We've seen it over the last couple of years. But God, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not letting go of you. I'm not walking away from you because I'm not leaving until you bless me. I want your blessing on my life. I'm not going anywhere, Lord. And so he's resting. He says, I'm not going anywhere. And so he says to him, what is your name? He said, it's Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men. You have prevailed. He closes by saying, then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. He said, why is it that you ask me about my name? And that is where he blessed him. He blesses him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face. My life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel or Peniel, there's two different ways to, to relate to this place. The sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. 
He limped on his hip. Transformation takes place in every step. And Jesus is preparing for himself a bride that is clean and spotless. We are the bride and the groom is waiting. And the groom, Jesus, is luring us in and calling us in. And as he does so, he's bringing us in to transform our walk. And so what happens in this moment with Jacob? What are the things that we can take away today? Are you also with me this morning? You also here? Come on. I'm used to doing check-ins because of youth, right? With young people, it's like, you're still here or are you watching Netflix in your head, right? So these are the things that I feel God does in this moment with Jacob. The first thing that he does to transform his walk forever, we see Jacob has a choice. Jacob needs to do something before his hip is touched, his walk is touched. And this is what Jacob does. This is the first thing that we can do today as we lean into 2022. There is a shift in his priorities. It says, he took his family and sent them over the brook, sent over all that he had, and he was left alone with God and began to wrestle. Jacob is a fighter. He's a driver. He's fighting through life to get ahead. But in this moment, he puts a pause on his own fighting to get ahead, and he fights to get alone. One of the greatest things we can do in 2022 is begin to fight to get alone with God. I think sometimes we're more capable of fighting with each other, fighting to get more of something, and yet God comes second. But the greatest thing we can do with our lives is stop, get alone with God. I love how Pastor Steve says we, we touch base with headquarters, right? Some of us are on the field playing the game, and the coach is over here, and we don't know the play because we're too focused doing our own thing. There was a shift in his priorities. There's so many things, though, that are fighting for our attention. I know this, I understand this. I thought it was really funny as I was, as I was studying that Abram, Jacob's grandfather, was born in the land of Ur. Now it's fun to say that as an Irish person because it sounds kind of harsh, Ur, right? He was born in the land of Ur. And, and what I've realized is that at times we can find ourselves in that world, in the land of Ur, right? We want the Ur in life. It's not enough to be smart, we want to be smarter, right? It's not enough to be strong. We want to be stronger. It's not enough to be happy. We want to be happier, right? Their Facebook, they look like they're having a dream life. What's going on with me? <laughs> we want the er in life. The problem is there's always somebody who's er-er. You'll always find someone who's er-er. Now I sound like a seal, grid. There's always someone who seems to or looks to have more. C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity, and I love this, uh, he said, it's not about having the stuff. He said, we want more of the stuff than somebody else. For us, it's not about having the stuff. At times, what we want is just more of the stuff than someone else. And we can fall into this trap of wanting the err in life. And what that does, it puts us into an endless cycle of running and chasing and chasing. And yet Jesus all along is standing. I'm reminded of Mary and Martha, where, where Jesus challenges them. One of them was running around trying to get things ready. Maybe that was you yesterday at Christmas. You know, I, I kind of fell into the dad trap where I was sitting on the couch for too long. And I got the, will you get up and do something? So, uh, amen, I will. Um, but we can be so caught up and so busy. And all along, Jesus was being blessed because the other one was at his feet worshiping him. And we need to pause on life sometimes. I remember 
When I was a teenager, I was really given all that I could to be a professional soccer player. That was my dream. Uh, my dad and my mom took me everywhere uh, because they saw it in my heart. They saw what I wanted to do. And as a teenager at 17, that's what I started to do. I had an opportunity to begin to play soccer uh, at the highest level, the highest league in Ireland. And I thought it would satisfy me. And shortly after, I got a phone call that one of my closest friends uh, died of a drug overdose. And I remember sitting, and I can still see it who I was with. I was sitting in a smoothie place in Ireland. And the first thing that entered my head was, God, I don't know if he knew you. And I wrestled with that for a long time because I said to myself, I was with this guy all the time and I never gave him an opportunity to know Jesus. In fact, I was so busy doing other things that I wasn't doing the things that were most important. And God spoke to my heart. Now, God is loving and kind, so he wasn't like, what are you doing? But he got a moment with me. Later that day, I was sitting on my bed and I was thinking through the last year and I was saying, God, why am I not satisfied? I'm doing what I've always wanted to do. I've got the err, right? I've got what I want. And I remember it was one of the first times as a teenager, God spoke to me very clearly. He said, David, are you building your kingdom or are you building mine? That wasn't very nice. That wasn't fun. <laughs> and in humility, I had to say, God, I think I'm building mine. What do I do? And he didn't say anything. Later that day, I'm still wrestling with this. I go to bed and I have this dream. And in my dream, I'm walking with my soccer ball and I get to this huge wall and I've got my soccer ball and I'm like, this is gonna be a challenge. And I start in my stubbornness, trying to run and jump the wall whilst holding on to my soccer ball. Many people know it doesn't work, right? Unless you're Spider-Man. And so I'm jumping against this wall and all of a sudden, Jesus comes around the corner. And he's looking at me in my dream. And he puts his hands out in love and he says, are you going to give it to me? Are you going to hand me the soccer ball? And I said, no. <laughs> Which is what we do. <laughs> no, I can do this. And I tried again. And I got to the end of my own strength. And I remember handing him the soccer ball. And he takes it from me in this dream and he gets down on one knee and I stand up on his leg and he lifts me over the wall. And I wake up and the Lord said to me, David, I don't want to take things away from you. I just need to be first. I just need to be first. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying today at Church of the King. It is amazing to have goals for 2022. It's amazing to have dreams. God has put many dreams in your heart. But if he is not number one on the list, things will be out of place. In the beginning was God, and the Word was God. He is the Alpha and the Omega and everything in between. When we put Him second, it doesn't work. There was a shift in Jacob's priorities. Second thing that happens is there is a switch of perspective. The man says to him, what is your name? Now, he knew what Jacob's name was, but sometimes we forget who we are. Remember in the garden where God said, where are you? God did not lose them. They needed to say, this is where I am. <laughs> Sometimes God will ask you, maybe today he's saying to you, where are you today? It's not that he doesn't know, but he's getting us to realize for ourselves. And Jacob has a moment where he can lie. The, the amazing thing about this moment is the name Jacob means deceiver. It literally means deceiver. And he has an opportunity to fulfill the name that he's put on himself. 
He can lie. But he's honest. And he says, I am Jacob. And it's in that moment that he says, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. This is your name. Jacob chooses to see himself as a prince, which the name Israel means. Prince. Fighter of God. Jacob chooses to see himself the way God sees him instead of what he's done. We are not what we've done. We are what God has done for us. But in order to receive who he is, we first have to be honest about who we are. We have to face today where we are. We have to bring ourselves before the Lord today where we are at and say, God, no more hiding, no more playing around, no more games. We want the miracle, but sometimes we're tired and we want to divert and do a shortcut around the mess. But sometimes admitting and getting honest with God is is the greatest way for God to begin to work in our heart. He said, who are you? Jacob says, this right now is who I am. And what's amazing is that in this moment, God saw Jacob, but he also saw Israel within him. He saw who he was called to be. Dr. Neil Anderson wrote this. I love this. He said, no person can consistently behave in a way that's inconsistent with the way he perceives himself. We cannot act and behave outside of how we see or view ourselves. One of the greatest challenges working with young people and working with youth is when when they give their lives to Jesus, they are so honest. I love teenagers because they'll just tell you what some of the parents are like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll tell me what they think. (laughs) Yeah. But they'll tell you what they think. They'll be honest. They don't want anything but real. The challenge is when many of them give their lives to Jesus, there's a wrestle that happens because they're still living in sin, many of them, but they've given their hearts to Jesus. And so this wrestle goes on where it's like, am I being a hypocrite? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm meant to be a Christian, but in the background, I'm still wrestling here. And transformation, we have seen Life change after life change after life. Some families have started to come to our church because of a teenager who said, I know the mess that I am and I need Jesus. And when they got honest with God, God began to change their lives step by step. I think of one in particular who was struggling with drug addiction. And he was wanting God to take it right away. And I've seen God do that. I've seen God do miracles in a moment. He's taken things from people. But as I've walked with this young man, It was, I haven't taken drugs in three days and we're celebrating together. Thank you, Jesus. I haven't taken drugs in a week. I haven't taken drugs in two months. Pastor David, today is one year of me not taking drugs. Praise God. That is what God does. But it all started when he was on the phone with me one night and he said, here's the problem. I'm addicted to drugs. This is where I'm at. And God began to change it. There's a switch in perspective. A switch of perspective. We are who he says we are, but first we must see right now where we are so that he can rename us, so that he can change us. I'll never forget, you know, over the last couple of years, it's really been challenging as a student pastor to get through to the youth whenever, you know, all the pandemic stuff is going on. And I remember one moment in particular, we were during the stay-at-home order, and I'm thinking, we're going to go online. All the youth are on their phones every hour of every day. This, our ministry is about to increase. All right, so I'm like, I'm getting excited. The problem was there were so many other things online they wanted to do instead of watch church, okay? And I remember I started to really beat myself up. And one night in particular, I was sat at home, and I'm at the table. I'm writing a message 
And out of nowhere, this lie comes into my head. You don't know what you're doing. Many of us have been there. (laughs) And I start to have these thoughts. You're a soccer player. You're trying to be a pastor. I'm just going to be real. Can I be real this morning? (laughs) This This is what the lies that were coming in my head. Fighting those lies were moments where Pastor Steve, even Pastor Jim LaFoon, we love Pastor Jim. He had spoken over my life. There's a great pastor locked up within you and God is going to, God sees your heart. God sees your potential. So this wrestle is happening. At that moment, I go on to the great encourager, which is social media. <laughs> don't ever do that. When you're struggling, don't look at everybody else's life. Uh, and I go on Instagram and I'm scrolling, just trying to feel a little bit better about myself. Wrong straight away. And there, the first picture that comes up is a picture of my locker room, the professional club's locker room that I was in when I previously played. And my number is the number they took a picture of. And somebody else's name is over the number. And again, the lies come. You're wasting your time. You don't know what you're doing. And I'm in this wrestle at the table. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. I'm like, Lord, this better be an angel, right? So I go to the door, and it's a student. And this student in particular, his name is actually Jacob. I was laughing when I was thinking about this. And, um, and he said, hey, I'm sorry, I know it's late. I'm like, yeah, it's late. Yeah, it's kind of struggling over here. And he said, I got this gift for you six months ago when I went on a school trip. Here you go. I'm like, thank you, Lord, something. And I thanked him, and he left. And I sat down at the table, and I literally set the gift on the table, And I'm looking at the gift and I'm looking at the picture and there's a wrestle going on in my soul. Am I who God says I am? No, I am not what I do, but I know what I'm called to. And so I'm wrestling and I hear the Holy Spirit say, take the gift out. So I look in and I lift it up and I'm like, oh great enemy, it's a soccer shirt. (laughs) Lord, is this you speaking? <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at him like, thank you, Lord. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, turn it around. And I look on the back. And he's printed the number that I played with and my name on the back of the shirt. The amazing thing about this moment was because my first ever assignment in youth ministry The first day, the first hour I stepped into youth ministry at Church of the King, I walked straight into Jacob's brother's funeral. His brother passed away at a young age. And I walked in and we struck up a relationship and we walked together ever since. And at this moment, when I'm wrestling, God ordains for this to happen. And it wasn't really about me because what the Holy Spirit said, he said, do you see what I see? Do you see what I've called you to? Do you see what I want you to do? You can go have that shirt or you can do what I've called you to do and see the fruit in your life. Come on, who is grateful that he has a better word for our lives? And I had to change. I'm telling you, I love soccer. I've never looked back. I hung my cleats up. They're gone. I don't know where they are. Now my daughter's going to play. It's going to be awesome, right? (laughs) Come on. But um, I had to change my perspective. I had to let go. Some of us need to let go of 2021 and step into 2022 with new perspective. 
God, I'm who you've called me to be. This year, I've forgotten at times that I'm a son. At times, I've forgotten that I'm your daughter. But this year, it's not going to happen. I know who I am. There's a change of perspective happening. When we're saved, the veil lifts off our face and we get to see. Sometimes we put a veil back over and think, God, I'm not, I'm not changing. But he changes his perspective. And as I begin to wrap up today, the third thing that happens is there is a surrender of pride. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. And that is the moment that God blesses him. The moment God blesses him is when Jacob looks at him and says, who are you? It reminds me when Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, but who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? Or when Jesus feeds the multitudes and they come back the next day hungry and they're like, where's the food, Jesus? And he said, unless you eat my food, and drink of me, you have no part of me. And they're like, this is weird. You're weird. I'm out. And then he looks at his disciples. He says, do you want to leave too? And I love what Peter says. He said, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are all we need. You're the one that I need in 2022. I've tried to change myself. I've tried to do these things by myself. I've watched the YouTube videos. I've gone to this thing and this thing and this thing. I've tried to do it in my own strength. I'm at the end of my strength. I need you to do it. And the amazing thing about a wrestle is this. There's a moment, if some of you watch boxing or maybe UFC, let's go McGregor. All right, if some of you have watched boxing or fighting there's a moment as the rounds go on that you get so tired there's more leaning than fighting there's more kind of leaning on each other and the crowd are going just fight each other I want to say today church of the king God is not afraid of the wrestle if he can get us to the end of ourselves he will sometimes bring you to the end of yourself so you stop wrestling and you start to cling God I'm not going anywhere I need you My energy is gone, but you're the one who's walking me through this. Our wrestle needs to turn to a cling. And it all comes from finally surrendering our pride. I can't do it by myself. And it's countercultural because the world says, mine, 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 me, 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 independence, do what you want outside of God. You're amazing if you can do it all by yourself. That is a dead end road. And at some point, all of us have to begin to lean or walk away. And Jacob's pride is surrendered. Which leads us to the final point today, and it's this. He he decided to take a stride of perseverance. It says in 32, 31, just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him. I think that's cool. The sun, S-U-N, the sun rose shining on him the presence of the sun with him and he limps away on his hip none of this church was what Jacob expected none of it none of it looks like what he wanted it to look like he wanted to show up in front of his brother look at all that I've prospered with look at my family take me back let's reconcile because of how much God has done in my life look at this You might be there today where you're kind of limping over 2021 and 22. It wasn't what he expected, but this is what I've learned. We would want perfect instead of surrendered. We want it to be perfect. 
It would be easier for us if our walk with others was, look how incredible my marriage is. We've never argued. We've never had a problem. Look at me. I've never feared. I've never worried. I've never had anxiety. Look at me. I've never had an addiction. I've never had something that God needed to break off my life. But what I've learned is that doesn't say relatable to anybody because all of us have things that we've walked through. The greatest thing that you can tell someone who doesn't know Jesus is me too. And so he's limping, changed by God towards his brother, persevering. He can stop. He can walk away. But he says, God, I know what you've called me to. I know I've encountered you. I know I've seen you face to face. And if I'm crawling, I'm going to crawl. He perseveres. A God limp is holy. What is your God limp today? What is the thing that the enemy tried to take you out with, but instead God touched your life? And now it's a sign that I have persevered with God. Is it grief? Is it addiction? Is it the fact you have a son or a daughter that are yet to come to know Jesus and you're saying, it's hurting, it's hard, I'm watching them, what feels like throwing their life away, but I'm gonna keep walking towards you, God, because you've called me to. Come on, are you with me today? And this is where it ends, and I think this is amazing. It says, Jacob limps towards his brother. Now picture this. Esau is there with hundreds of men walking towards Jacob, and he limps towards his brother. And something happens in Esau's heart because he sees the man he used to know, and now he's different. And it's less about the limp. It's the fact he's walking towards his brother The old Jacob would have never done that. He was too prideful. His priorities were wrong. He was living as a deceiver. He would have had somebody else walk perfectly fine, pretending to be him. But Esau sees the change and comes running to his brother. Life may not be what you thought it would look like today. But it's in the moments where we persevere and get to say, but God that God transforms other people around us. Sometimes God uses the things that were meant to crush us to set up a platform so people can see who he really is. But we need to choose to persevere and then the transformation comes, not just in us, but it's always for others. There's one who wrestled and you know him. His name is Jesus. He was in Gethsemane, bleeding, sweating blood. He wrestled with the cross. He had a stride of perseverance. Lord, take this from me if you can, but if not, I'm going to the cross. And Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross knowing that we could be his. Come on, if that doesn't get you excited today. And he doesn't have a limp, he's got scars. He doesn't have a limp, he's got scars. It's okay to have a story. It's okay to have scars because you can say, look where I was wounded, but the Lord healed me. Look where he met me. He doesn't want you to stay wounded though. He doesn't want you to stay in the place that you are. He wants to transform your life through intimacy with him. I really feel the Holy Spirit right now. In fact, I want to do something if I can that's a little different. I want us to stand. Can we stand today together? I can feel God's presence in here.
And I want us to end this year by realizing that if we don't quit, we win. Sometimes just standing is winning as a Christian. What did Paul say? Stand firm. When you've done everything else, stand. When you're standing, you're moving forward as a Christian. For some of us, it's standing today and saying, I'm not going anywhere, Lord. I know you've touched my life. I know you've touched my life, Lord. And it's not just for me because Abraham, Jacob's grandfather, it was a promise over him. You're going to be the father of generations. And if it stopped with Jacob, it may not have happened. But he persevered. For some of you, your children, your children, it's for your children that you continue to persevere. It's for your children's children that one day say, my grandfather, where do you hear what God did in his life? My grandmother, where do you hear what God did in their lives? There's been a falling away in the faith, but not a church of the king. Not a church of the king. We're going to continue with the heart of our pastor and the family that we have. We're going to continue to pursue the Lord. If it's crawling, if it's sprinting, if it's limping, whatever it is, I'm not going anywhere, Lord. I'm not going anywhere. Amen. And so let's sing this one final time as we end the year together. Let's sing God's blessing over us. Let's sing it over that son or daughter who are yet to know him. Let's sing it over our own lives. Let's proclaim that today addiction is broken in the name of Jesus. Transformation can take place this morning. It doesn't have to be a process. It can be in a moment. And so Lord, we thank you right now that your presence is here. Jesus, you are the reason we're here. Some of us crawled into church this morning. But God, I thank you that we're going to be walking into 2022 with purpose, with passion. And Lord, we thank you that we don't go in our own strength, but your favor is upon us. And a thousand generations and our children will see it and their children will see it, God, because we didn't quit. We met you and we kept moving forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.